Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. The various social media links will also be in the description along with the email, of course. So we'll, I guess we'll start off today with my sort of mini announcement of sort. I have not played God of War as of yet. I have the God of War Ragnarok Jotnar edition. I made a video about it uh, on, on TikTok and everything like that. Me opening it up and everything like that. It's downloaded on my PS5. I was ready to play it, to be honest. I was ready to jump in. But I just thought it was unfair that I was jumping into that game when I was still sort of playing through Elden Ring. Um, and I know it's going to be basically between God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring uh, in many people's cases in terms of game of the year and all that. So I just didn't want to play a bit of Elden Ring. At that time, I played around 14 hours or 13 hours of Elden Ring, then play God of War Ragnarok, which I know I'll probably like try to platinum and everything like that in, in one go. And, and that game does hold a special place in my heart and then go back to Elden Ring. I just didn't feel that that would be fair. So I've kind of dedicated myself to playing Elden Ring. And like, you know, like I said, I played initially at 13 hours. I'm already at 21 now. So, you know, like I started the game in February and from Feb until November, I was 13 hours in and within a couple of days, I'm already like, you know, 21 hours in total. So you can already see that I am definitely committed uh, this basically means that maybe by next week I should be towards the end. I, I'm I'm trying to do like the platinum run as well. So I'm trying to find like a, I'm using a guide to kind of make sure that I'm going in the right areas so that I don't miss any of the, the missable trophies. There's like a couple of missable trophies. I just want to make sure I don't miss those. So I am kind of following a guide for that to just kind of put me in the right direction. Uh, but of course, after that, it's just kind of me on my own and exploring and everything like that. So definitely enjoying it, got through like a couple of, did the whole like academy area recently. So uh, that was pretty interesting. The The bosses there and everything were pretty interesting. Uh, for one of the bosses, actually I did call in re reinforcements. I, I, I want to try the multiplayer because I hadn't. Um, and the, the boss, obviously I feel like I, I won't, I shouldn't mention too much. I don't know if I can, uh, but I, I'll try not to like mention anything. But for one of the bosses, I basically like got the boss like in my first try all the way down and because of my one mistake like I I died and I had to kind of restart the fight and I was like okay I kind of got this down I know how to beat this boss it just it'll just take a couple of tries and I'll kind of nail it so why not call in reinforcement so I remember I just called like two other two other random people that were there and yeah we just kind of went in it was kind of funny because we were just kind of just messing around at the same time just like beating up on the boss at the same time like uh, it was surprisingly fun. I, I obviously will try not to use this as much, um, but I won't lie. It was, it was fun. It was weirdly fun because Sekiro didn't really have that, right? Sekiro was just purely single player. And then Dark Souls obviously had that, but I don't know, Dark Souls, I, I just feel like it, it was weird. Like I never felt like compelled to use it, even though I wanted to, it just didn't feel like as like interesting, I guess. I guess maybe because uh, the, maybe that was like my first like Souls-ish game, right? So I didn't really... I don't really understand how the multiplayer aspects kind of kind of works. Uh, for Bloodborne, I remember I used the multiplayer side of things to play with Sebi and my friend Safe quite a bit. So like I have used it, but like it was always like, yeah, like we'll just do it for fun or whatever. Um, this is the first time I kind of wanted to do it just on my own in my own playthrough of like 
me trying to get to the end of the game and i was like yeah you know what like why not like let's just do it and it was surprisingly fun so i i don't know i i might i might do it here and there because i think it's all about having fun and i think uh for me it was just making sure that i'm like okay i know how to beat this boss all right now let's let's call in some people and have some fun so i'm really liking the game i am enjoying it and i totally get what trevor and sebi and everyone was talking about when it comes to that game having different areas and locales that kind of just have a very different vibe uh different different atmosphere different enemy type like it's surprising how much of variety is it uh, is there in this game even though like technically everything is in front of you so you know i do i do like that and i do appreciate that and i do see that why people really enjoy this game um i also found that dragon the sleeping dragon um to kind of which you can like kill to get a bunch of runes to be able to basically level up and everything like that so uh, one of the places i was a little under leveled so i i was like yeah you know what might as well so i kind of went in and, and, and did that so i can kind of get a bunch of levels and um, overall it's been it's been pretty fun i've been using the bloodhound fang weapon which is like a, a weapon that kind of gives your enemy blood loss over time which is really cool and yeah like i think i honestly don't know too much about my stats and everything that i'm doing i'm just kind of going in with a sword and a shield and just you know playing the game as i've always played these kinds of games so like i said like i am enjoying this and i am definitely trying to get through this game so i can finish this game and then move on to god of war ragnarok um obviously since we're talking about games that i've been playing i might as well talk about some of the other ones i've obviously been playing a lot of world of warcraft retail um almost level 60 with my monk uh in the battle for azroth expansion so i'm still kind of playing that expansion i, I feel like i'm pretty close to the end uh, i might just start shadowlands but i do want to I, I i hate like just moving on midway through a story into something else you know like i I want to finish the whole expansion, then move on to the next one if, if possible. So I'm going to keep playing it. I know tomorrow or today, technically, the Evoker, the new class will be enabled in World of Warcraft. So that that sounds pretty awesome. I'm going to I'm definitely going to do that. I think you, you start off at level 58 with that with those. So I'll probably take that and maybe do a bit of Shadowlands or something like that. Just, you know, have fun and, and see how that plays. And uh, otherwise, obviously, I've been kind of you know, prepping for Dragonflight in a sense, like I have a druid, I have a monk, I have a warrior. I'm like just building a bunch of like different uh, different characters that I can use for, for Dragonflight. I don't know if you can tell, like I have been a little bit under the weather and that's kind of one of the reasons that I couldn't uh, do the episode last week. So, so I do apologize if, you know, sometimes my words aren't coming out the way they normally do or if I'm slurring some of my, some of my words or if I just sound down or tired or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's just the season, right? I, I definitely, I need to go get my flu shot, but it's just a season. Going back to the games that I've been playing, uh, Zav Silva and I have been playing uh, play, a Plague Tale Requiem. So we are kind of, I don't, I don't think we're, yeah, I think we're more than halfway because I think there's like 17 chapters. So we're like, I think around chapter 11 or so. So we're like getting there. We're, we're almost kind of, you know, getting to the end. I think a few chapters like kind of just flow through and are pretty quick. Overall, we have played a bunch of it. So uh, and yeah, like it's it's cool. I I'm still sticking to my guns with the voice acting and everything like that. Like they they whisper way too much in the game, and it's like whispering like so loudly and for a very very long time. Even though you're trying to act like you're hiding from enemies, um, the stealth stuff is not as great as I would hope. Like the the stealth stuff is there, 
but you get it's like it's implemented in a way that you know it's the game isn't meant for it, even though technically it is meant for stealth uh, like i did play the first game like really stealthily in this case like there's so many areas where they want you to do stealth but they have like 80 enemies in like one area so like even if you like maneuver past everything it just doesn't make sense it's like no like obviously this enemy's gonna this guy's gonna see me no matter what i do like like the the perfect stealth thing is kind of like you know where you can uh kind of cause distractions move people around stuff like that and kind of get to your end goal in this case like the way just the game works like obviously some some if people have played it and and like have tried it you might be able to kind of relate with what i'm saying uh, it's hard to kind of just explain through words but basically if you're trying to stealth through an area and just be quiet and just kind of you know go through the bushes get till the end uh, a lot of times there's a lot of enemies in between but the way these enemies are designed or, or just ai the way it works is that like if they if you put them to on, on one side in terms of you, you cause a distraction so they go to one side that's fine but sometimes that person will go there but then as you're walking forward there's like four others and then if you're like throwing like four or five different things to distract all of them uh, like sometimes that one distraction messes with the other one. Like it's just, it's just a design, at least in my opinion, isn't as great in all the sections. Like some of the sections are really good. Um, and to be honest, majority of the time it, it's been fine. It's just the stealth sections haven't been, been great in my opinion. Um, and they just cause like a lot of issues. And then if I don't want to stealth through those areas, you can't. Like basically there's like an area that you have to get to to, to go to the door. Where it's a, it's the animation that was in the first game as well, where you open the door, close the door, you lock it, and then that's like, all right, you're in the next area now. So like every time I try to do that by like, let's say running to an area, you'll get stopped. Like there'll be like a guy that like throws like a, a an ax or like a, a, a pike or something that gets stuck on the wall or whatever. And it's like, nope, you can't go. Like you have to be like hidden or you need to kill everyone, which obviously you can't because you get hit twice and you die. So it's like, I just wish it was a bit more refined. Um, and obviously that there's a reason I'm saying all this because we'll be talking about something very soon, but Overall, still a really, really fun game, really good game. I really like the first game, so I'm, I was really excited for the second one. And yeah, so far the second one kind of lives up to the first game. Like, it's really enjoyable. Um, definitely been playing a lot of COD, uh, Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. I've been playing like maybe a couple of matches here and there. So I haven't had like one whole stint of just kind of playing a bunch of hours. Um, I did do the campaign. Like, I was so close to the end of the campaign, and then I built my new PC and I had to. Uh, I didn't realize that there was no cloud save for the single player and all that stuff. So uh, basically I had to restart the single player campaign for Modern Warfare 2. So I'm slowly making my way through that. Although, you know, obviously I would have liked to be at the end, which where which is where I was. Um, but otherwise for multiplayer, yeah, like I just kind of jump in like every night, maybe before I sleep. I'm like, yeah, let me just do like a couple of matches, you know, and like that's it. So I'm really liking it. And I like, I'm, I'm kind of happy that it's a game that's there for like the next two years or so. So like I can see myself just kind of playing like 50, 20, 30 minutes like here and there throughout the week. And then all of a sudden, you know, the time just racks up and I've like leveled up. So really liking it that way. Elden Ring, we already talked about. Scorn is another one that we've kind of slowly, me and Saf still have been making our way through. We're pretty close to the end. So hopefully that one should be done pretty soon as well. Gotham Knights, I've been playing a lot. I've been playing that a lot on my Steam Deck because it's actually working really well in the Steam Deck, surprisingly. I don't know if they did an update. Uh, it still runs on all low settings at 30 fps but it's like it just runs a bit smoother rather than being super stuttery and for the type of game it is there are lots of like main campaign story missions uh, but around that you have an open world and you have to do a lot of side missions and stuff like that to either level level your character up or unlock certain things 
So for me, like that was like the perfect thing on my Steam Deck. So anytime there's like a main campaign mission, I just come to my PC and I just put headphones on, everything like that. You know, my on my PC is running at 90, 80 FPS on, on 1440p and like high settings. So it's like, you know, running really well. And But then when I want to, you know, just do a bunch of side stuff that don't really matter, then I just go back to my Steam Deck in my bed, put on like something on Disney Plus. So I've been really liking the game. I'm, I'm like 10 hours in. So I don't know what that says. Like, you know, the fact that it took me a while to get through Elden Ring to where I am now, whereas Gotham Knights, a game that, you know, GameSpot and IGN have been giving like 5 out of 10 and 6 out of 10 or whatever. And like, I'm like already 10 hours in since the game came out. So I'm really liking the game. Definitely janky. Definitely not a 8.5, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Definitely not that sort of a game. I would say it's like a 7.5 to an 8. Uh, but for me, that's like a fun game. Like, you know, sometimes you just want a fun game and who knows, may, the story is engrossing, especially if you like the DC characters, like it is pretty interesting. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing that. I'll, I'm definitely gonna make sure I finish that pretty soon. Hopefully maybe before I play God of War. So whatever, obviously we kind of talked about that. Uh, before we kind of get to some of the other news items, I only have two actually. Um, my new gaming PC thing has kind of continued the whole saga. Uh, basically, I was trying to decide on the GPU. I was wanting to get the 4080, but the prices came out for the 4080. So in Canada, uh, an RTX 4080, depending on the, obviously the one you get, is basically in between, I think it was like 1500 to around like $1,800, $1,900 uh, Canadian. So, and the um, 4090 is 2200 so like it's kind of come down to like obviously you know you can get like the cheaper or the lower end 4080 but even if you get the lower end one i think it was like 1600 was the one that i saw maybe it was 17 i forgot what it was but it was one of those two but even if you look at that the the price difference between that and a 4090 is like 400 or 500 dollars uh but the performance difference is pretty huge the 4090 is like when you look at the stats and everything it's pretty huge i wish the 4080 was a bit cheaper uh, because that would have made more sense for, for the performance and everything like that. But um, it's NVIDIA. So basically, that's my justification of saying that I'm getting a, a 4090 uh, from the looks of it. I have made, I haven't put, I've put a pre-order in at Canada Computers. I don't know how long it takes. You basically go in and tell them that, yeah, like I'm, you know, you can reserve one and you uh, give them like a down payment and whatever. And then a deposit, not a down payment, but a, but a deposit. And then, yeah, like they just call or like email you that, yep, there's a, that GPU. And the, the weird thing is like, you have to like specify the GPU you want. So like, I like, I was like, all right, I guess the gigabyte one, for example, you know, like, so I, if another 4090 comes through, it's not like they'll call me for that. It's, it's a little weird, but whatever. Right. Like I, I asked the person, I'm like, Hey, which ones come in most often? They were like the gigabyte one. I'm like, all right, so can you put the deposit thing down for the gigabyte one? So. We'll see what happens. I, I feel like I should have waited until the AMD stuff comes through as well. It's not like I need a new GPU right now, um, but I, I it's just a deposit. I don't, you know, I don't need to follow through with it or anything like that. Um, I just felt like, okay, like I'm just going to reserve it for now, um, but definitely not going to get the 4080 after analyzing the price, performance, all that stuff. Um, especially if you're in Canada, I don't know. If you're, if you're, if you're about to buy a 4080, uh, the 16 gigabyte one that's supposed to come out, like I think in a day or so, I honestly think you should look at the 4090 because like already 4080 is already really expensive. It's not like the difference is like, you know, thousands of dollars, it's literally like four to $500 here in Canada, which is like less in, in the U S as well, right? Depending on the, the model and everything you get and like the, the price to like performance and everything like that, the 4090 will definitely make a lot more sense. 
than the 4080 and honestly i would also just wait until the amd stuff like the benchmarks come out i don't know if i believe amd with their performance stuff because they're comparing it to their old gpu from last year and people are using that to extrapolate a lot of information and i just don't think that's i don't think it's gonna wow people the way it is i think it's gonna compete with the 4080 for sure and it is like 200 dollars cheaper than the 4080 so if you're about to buy a 4080 I would, and you're able to spare the extra cash, I would get the 4090. Or if you're like, you can only get a 40 or like a 4080 and you're like, you know what? I can't go any higher. I would honestly wait for the 7900 XTX from the AMD side, because I think that might be basically matching the 4080 and is cheaper. Uh, the only issue is the ray tracing and all that, but to be honest, I don't use ray tracing at all. And even with the 4090, I doubt I will, you know, it's more just gonna have like the GPU that will last you for the next four years. Kind of like how, the RTX 2080 lasted me almost four years now. So it's kind of like, I just want like the next GPU that will last me for four years again. And, and you know, maybe even more than that, if it's a 4090. The next thing I want to quickly talk about was the, uh, the whole Activision Blizzard investigation thing. So apparently EU, uh, the European Union, they're launching a full on in-depth investigation into Activision Blizzard as well. It's kind of progressing the same way as the CMA, the UK one that kind of went through. So. I mean, I honestly, I don't know if this is going to be an issue or not. I'm not sure why there's so many eyes or whatever on this. Um, I think, I think it just comes down to just Phil Spencer and Microsoft literally putting down on paper that look, Call of Duty will always be on PlayStation. And you know what, we're not going to, we will put this on Game Pass, but six months from launch or a year from launch or something like that, you know, just put something like that out there. And then Sony will sign that off and then all this will kind of go away. I can totally see that happening. And it does seem like Microsoft is leaning towards that. I think they don't want this to kind of keep going on the way it's going on. So I, I yeah, at the same time, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like I'm, maybe also, like I said, like maybe I'm, I'm also looking at it from a different perspective because I have a PC, I have an Xbox and I have a PlayStation. So like, you know, like whatever, wherever the games go, I'll be able to play it. I totally understand. There's a lot of people that just have a PlayStation. They have no PC, nothing like that. Uh, you know, so totally get it, get it from that point of view that, you know, there's going to be a bunch of games that might be taken away. But I, I think when it comes to, that's thing I don't know about stuff like Diablo or Overwatch is already out, but like, you know, anything like that from Activision or Blizzard in the future, I honestly don't know what that will what kind of impact that might have like in the future for those games i think call of duty is is more than safe um i i mean as a world of warcraft fan now especially um i think i can totally see them making world of warcraft console edition exclusive to the xbox which would we i think that would be pretty awesome first of all because i already kind of do that on my steam deck and everything like that i i love kind of just playing through on, on a controller especially when you're just kind of farming and just kind of roaming around and everything like that so I think that would be a huge miss on Sony's part, but Sony has Final Fantasy XIV, which is a bigger MMO, surprisingly, you know, it's, it's weird to say that out loud, but uh, they have Final Fantasy XIV and that's only on PC and PlayStation. So I, I think that will be cool to kind of them kind of verse each other on, on that. But I think, I think there will definitely be exclusives from the Xbox side, from the Activision Blizzard side in the future. But I think stuff like Call of Duty is more than safe. So... I don't think Sony needs to really worry about that, but who knows? I mean, I think, I think they just need something in writing and I, I'm pretty sure Microsoft will give it to them. The Game Award nominees have been announced, which is 
oh, some of the game awards are coming up. Like it's weird to think because I don't know. In my mind, I feel like it. You know, the game awards just happened, but this, that's just time for you, I guess. But yeah, the game of the year nominees are a little surprising. I mean, I guess I'll first start off with uh, the most nominated games. You know what? No, no, no. Actually, let's let's. I'll kind of list through the game of the year nominees first, uh, which is, in my opinion, a little, little controversial. So, uh, Stray, the game that obviously I know Sav Silv loved, and both her and I, both of us really enjoyed that game. But I do not know if that was a game of the year contender. But what do I know? Uh, do you know Blade Chronicles Three, which is uh, I mean, I can totally see that. I'm like five hours into that game and I do want to keep playing that game. So definitely we'll try to finish that game before, or, I mean, I don't know, there's too many games in my play at this point, but definitely going to do my best to finish that game or at least get to a good part in that game so I can kind of, you know, speak to it in a sense. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, again, another surprising game. Uh, I, you know, I kind of did a whole spoiler cast with, with Trevor on this. I know he liked the game a lot more than I did. And I enjoy the game but i definitely did not think i don't think that game is game of the year worthy uh which is kind of weird a plague tier requiem i mean I, you already know my feelings of that game <laughs> i don't i enjoy that game and i enjoy the first one definitely don't think that's a you know game of the year contender in my opinion again uh and then of course we have the two that do make sense elder ring and god of war ragnarok although i haven't played god of war so i can't say too much to that i have played all the other ones, literally all the other ones, in, at least in some capacity. I finished Stray, I finished Horizon, Forbidden West, A Plague Tale will be done pretty soon. Xenoblade is the one that I need to kind of get through, and Elder Ring, of course, as well, and God of War. So um, the other one I like to kind of fo- uh, put a bit of attention to is, is Best Narrative, uh, and they put Immortality in this, and I do not agree with that. I played Immortality, and I do not think that narrative was something impressive. Uh, it was a cool idea. Cool. I I would I, I think it got nominated for best game direction, which I completely agree with. Narrative wise, I don't think so. At least in my opinion, in terms of what the story was trying to trying to show or trying to say, and how we got there and everything like that, like, not don't really agree with that. Rather Forbidden West again, same thing. I don't think that's a really cool narrative in my opinion, at least. Uh, a play to requiem again, same thing. Like story is cool in a sense, but it's not something that I'm gonna be like, oh wow, best narrative of the whole year when there's so many other cool games. Elden Ring, I'm a little surprised to see that there. Like I don't, I've like I said, I've played the game for twenty hours now, and I'm sure I'll I'll bring Trevor and Sevi into this as well, and they can probably attest to this too. But what narrative? There's barely like there's a lot of stuff that you have to read, but that's not like like I don't know. I can I can understand from one perspective that if you kind of fully engross yourself, but that's the same as with me, me fully engrossing myself in Gotham Knights, a game that got five out of 10. And then like me reading everything and whatever, like I, I can engross myself in that too, in that way. Like, I don't know the best narrative thing. I feel like there needs to be a better, better way to kind of, you know, just define that, I guess, or, or nominate games for that. It just seems like, like I said, immortality is a very highbrow kind of, you know, nomination to make, uh, Horizon Forbidden West was, I, I guess I could see that, but I don't agree with that at all. Eldering, like what? Like I'm you're, I'm just reading like cups and tea leaves and this and that and talking to people in code and that's best narrative. Like, I don't know. Eldering overall the game is still really fun, but I don't agree with the best narrative. And the same thing with the Plague Tale. Um, God of War, again, I haven't played. I haven't played that yet. So I can't even say anything to that, but I don't know. Just best narrative. Like I, I would I would even give it more to like Sifu which had more like information that was given to you in that game from the start to finish, even though there was not a lot of dialogue and everything like that. So 
I don't just a, just a little disappointed disappointed with that with that list. Um, otherwise, of course, there's also stuff like best audio design or score and music is something that I also really like. Um, of course, there's Elden Ring, God of War, Metal Hellsinger, The Xenoblade Chronicles, A Plague Tale, uh, audio design is Modern Warfare Two, Elden Ring, Gran Turismo Seven, God of War, Horizon. I mean, that's cool. I, I, it's weird they didn't put Neon White and Sifu in there. I, I really don't get why Sifu is like not as visible. They're in, it's in a couple of places, but it's not as visible as you would you would have hoped. Uh, best Art Direction, Scorn, I totally get that. Stray, I totally get that. Uh, Horizon, I don't agree with that because it's ready. It's not, I mean, some parts maybe. God of War, I don't know. Elden Ring, totally agree with that. Elden Ring did a pretty good job when it comes to that. But We'll kind of go through some of the, the most nominated games, I guess. Uh, God of Ragnarok has 10 nominations. Elden Ring has 7. Horizon Forbidden West has 7. I don't, I still don't get how. Um, Stray has 6. Plague Tale has 5. Cotton Modern Warfare 2 has 3. Immortality has 3. Neon White has 3. Sifu has 3. T Tunic has 3. And Xenoblade Chronicles has 3. So I just want to check where Sifu. See, it's weird how Cult of the Lamb also wasn't nominated for... They got nominated for Best Indie, which is fine, but I don't... Like, best indie is Neon White, Sifu, Stray, Tunic, and Cult of the Lamb. And, like, honestly, Cult of the Lamb, Sifu, and maybe even Neon White should have been, like... Like, why aren't... Why is the Game of the Year nomination list only five games? Why can't these games be in there, too? Like, I don't... I just don't agree with this. I just don't agree with this list. Like, I, this is just not... I know, because this is supposed to be the Oscars, but it's not really, in a sense. Like, the, I just don't agree with the the... The way that the game the, the game awards have been going in general recently, like I don't agree with that in general because of the focus on Hollywood Hollywoodizing. I don't even know what the word is, but like Hollywoodizing the whole event and kind of making it seem like we need to bring in Hollywood individuals to justify like the game awards in a sense or the the game stuff. You know, like getting Christopher Nolan to give an award and stuff like that, which like you know like I can see that it's like cool or whatever, but it's like okay, no, like why. Why isn't like, uh, you know, Neil Druckmann giving the award or why isn't like Corey Barlog or Hideo Kojima or, you know, uh, I, but Matt Booty's like the head of Xbox, but the head of Obsidian, like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, why aren't like these game developers and these like creators that people know or don't even know? That's the thing. It, shouldn't, it doesn't even need to be the people that like it's someone that people know. It can be people that know that person from a game or a person comes out and is like, yeah, you know what? This person made Fallout New Vegas or this person was a career director for Fallout New Vegas. Like that itself will be so much more important. I think like it's important for us to kind of raise our people over, you know, others. But again, like, I, I like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's like all about like, you know, trying to make sure that like investors and advertisers and everything come through. And if they know that Keanu Reeves is going to be on the show, obviously I'm sure like, you know, there'll be more ad revenue that will be generated and everything like that. So I get it from that perspective, but overall, I'm not too happy with, with the nominations. Uh, like I said, like weird, you know, weird coming from me as someone who is extremely excited for God or Ragnarok and, uh, you know, it getting 10 nominations, which is great, but I, I just feel like there's so many other games that have been left aside that deserve to be up there. You know, Vampire Survivors, for example, best debut indie. That's like, a, there's a literally a category which is best indie and this best debut indie. Like, why does that matter? Why is it like, oh, this is your first indie game, so we'll have a different category for it. It's like, no, like, just expand the, the, the numbers. Rather than making five games, you can put those games in the best indie category. It doesn't make sense. Again, Vampire Survivors, I can, there's so many people out there that will tell you how that game has taken over their lives. Like, it is crazy how um, so many people love this game. 
and it's in best debut indie nowhere else you know like nowhere like i get it like it's still like a cool like thing to be nominated there but you know same thing with tunic like tunic like has been like being talked about as like this new zelda like game uh you know of course cult of the lamb which is such an awesome game neon white people spent so many hours and, and time like doing all the time limits and all that stuff in that game and it also has a cool narrative but it's nowhere near the best narrative it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense um best vr ar like i don't i haven't really kept up with vr games this uh, this year best action game bayonetta 3 which is surprising like I, even bayonetta 3 i forgot that that came out uh even that's not really anywhere near anything else uh pokemon legends arceus is in best role playing which is cool i guess you know best fighting multiverses uh i, I can totally see i can kind of see that sifu is in best fighting and that's yeah okay i guess maybe best family kirby in the forgotten land i'm surprised that that game is only in best family and nowhere else platoon 3 is in best family um uh, it's and obviously in best multiplayer 2 uh best sports and racing games f1 2022 fifa grand turismo nba all the all the world that's cool all the all the world is in there but again like it's just i don't know it just feels weird like as you go through these categories like you know there'll be like a game that kind of sticks out you're like wait what why is that that doesn't make any sense most anticipated game like who how why is that even a category why do we need that why do we need that at the oscars do we have like the most anticipated film of next year like no no one cares about that like obviously we're anticipating games we're excited for hogwarts legacy we're excited for final fantasy 16 resident evil 4 starfield legend of zelda we're all excited for that why make a category for that that could be another category for all the other games that have been nominated here and there not for like something else you know like i don't know wow okay I guess like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my my rant there, but thank you everyone for joining. It really means a lot. Um, I'll be doing my Battle for Azeroth, not Battle for Azeroth, but find my Azeroth episode really soon. Uh, because I, I know I kept forgetting to to do that. Uh, and yeah, like I'll definitely try to get back into a regular cadence with with the with these episodes. Um, I'm gonna be playing Somerville and Pentiment because those are two of the games that just came out. Um, and have been getting good reviews. Um, and I, I was kind of excited for both those games. One by Obsidian, one by the, one of the creators of, of Limbo and Inside. So I'm pretty excited for both those games. But I will definitely try to get God of War Ragnarok done before we do our Game of the Year stuff with me, Julian, Trevor, and Sevi. We'll definitely try to get that done before that. But I'm going to focus on Elder Ring and World of Warcraft for now and Gotham Knights. Uh, it's only those three games and then on the weekend with Sav, Silvis, Plague Tale, Scorn and, and stuff like that. So a bunch of games definitely, but I think I have like my, my set stuff in mind right now. So thank you everyone for joining. It really means a lot and I'll see you next time. Bye.